So do either of you know what the Mariko Aoki phenomenon is? Uh, hmm. Never heard of that. A pop star? I don't know. No. So this is <laughs> this is a Japanese expression referring to an urge to defecate that is suddenly felt after entering bookstores. And I th- thought you'd we would be quite a good poll for this. I wonder why that is. <laughs> have a read, have a poo. It's the first thing that you do. So this, this. <laughs> hang on, I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia page. The term derives its name from an otherwise little-known Japanese woman who contributed an essay in 1985 to a magazine. And in that essay, she related how she came to the realization that for some years, walking around a bookstore inevitably made her want to go to the toilet. And then the, the, the magazine... Paper. Like subliminal. <laughs> yeah, you're like you see you see that many sheets of paper and you think <laughs> I could go here <laughs> rather than I want to. I'm gonna dive in with a pub reckon here and reckon that this phenomenon correlates, I would imagine, very, very closely with people who like to read while they're having a poo. Because they probably oh, associate that, you know, the joy of literary activity with uh, the release of uh, their bowels prisoners. I do worry about that because I sometimes read a film magazine in the toilet and I worry that if I keep it up, if anyone tells me their film opinion, I'll need to take a shit. <laughs> Someone's like, something that Jackson's good in Django Unchained. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I largely watch like zoology youtube on the toilet but like if this phenomenon worked that way i suppose i would just spend every episode of night files just gurning for a turd (laughs) (laughs) and that doesn't happen thank goodness Welcome, listener, to this 100 and, uh, episode 185 of the Electronic Wireless Show. This is the best Dungeons and Games special, and we are Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. My name is Alice Bell, and I am joined this week by Edmund Dante. Hello. Hello. I'm. Wow. Thank. It must have been tough for you to be here with us. Well, I'm out now, aren't I? Yeah. This True, is the bit yeah. of my life where I'm out of jail and taking my revenge. All right, okay, yeah. Uh, I probably shouldn't publicise that, but... (laughs) Uh, And also, a bloated devil. Give give me a chicken to eat. There we go. (laughs) I'm going to do a fart. Whoa. So I think I can guess what one of your games is going to be when we talk about it later. And indeed, it's one of mine, actually, so that's fun. Actually, I was going to leave it unexplained, so it's lucky you are going to mention it. (laughs) And I'm going to start this week by saying thank you very much to James, who emailed in over the weekend. James said, I can't help but be drawn into the appetising menu that is provided by the Duke on Resident Evil Village. And then as an idea for the podcast, I was thinking about, you know, the best in-game food menus. I don't know how many games have food menus, though. Loads! As distinct from 
food generally? Well, uh, I guess a lot have got like crafting like ingredient like recipe books. Haven't yeah, they? that's true. Yeah, that is true. We'll Ooh. look into that, James. Yeah, the Yakuza games, obviously. Yeah. Every re- restaurant you go into, you literally get the menu and then you get to order some noodles or chicken or something. And then do a series of arcane hand gestures to ask for a towel. You eat a lot and then whatever you do, you don't step into a bookshop. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. That's a callback. That, that actually, that, this Wikipedia page was sent to me by Graham Smith former RPS editor and he sent it to me over the weekend and then this morning before I started work he messaged me again and was like did you did you read it did you read the like the see also pages because he he wanted to make sure that I'd properly read that because one of the see also's is toilet meal which is apparently a Japanese slang term referring to the act of eating in a toilet like in in a cubicle almost that's somehow like what's the opposite of a a euphemism Yeah, it's lit- it's very literal, isn't it? Yeah, because that's describing something that's you know a bit odd and making it sound like something's genuinely perverse. Yeah, it sounds like a, a porn sub subcategory, doesn't it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> or it also sounds like it could be the literal translation of like a German word for a bad business deal. True. Yeah. Very Get good. A real toilet meal of this. <laughs> oh, we went to see the guys at Dogsoft about the uh, the implementation of the new firmware, and whoa, what a toilet meal that was! <laughs> Not worth the trip to Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh, there it what is. <laughs> Alice has got comedy, but dumbish. I forgot. Oh, I, I forgot. Like that, I forgot that I've got some. Uh, there's some the. Sound effects, but I don't know if they, this was also in the sea, also. But there's isn't there that thing? Is it called Paris Syndrome? Where Someone it's a sense of disappointment. It, yeah. It's like a, it's a, again, I think it's a Japanese thing. It's like a sense of like melancholy when they go to Paris because it doesn't live up to the ideal of what they imagine it to be. I don't, I like, if you're European, I don't think you get that because everyone, like, everyone knows that Paris isn't like it is in a Disney film, you know? Yeah. Well, that's apparently. It's that's... a bit like it is in Ratatouille. Yes. I will, I will grant that. Yeah. <laughs> So convincingly Gallic, that film. I was impressed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not asking you how you are. How are you, Edmund Dantes? Uh, well, f- fine. Um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, just going about my business. I don't really know. I haven't read the book, so I, I don't have a, a huge amount of like, um, <laughs> got a good, short good material for this one, I'm afraid. I, yeah, I really want to kill Guy for... Pierce. <laughs> I've seen the film. Guy Pierce! I've seen the film. <laughs> I think it was Guy Pierce. <laughs> I can't remember. I've been in prison so long. I don't, I'm hazy on the details, which is dangerous was... for a man driven by revenge. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure I know who I'm after. And it's Guy Pierce, Australian actor. <laughs> I think it's Guy Pierce. It's one of the Australian actors. It's Guy Pierce or Eric Banner or um, <laughs> Bill Nye. Is he Australian? <laughs> Bill Nye is not Australian. Famously, an Englishman who won his belt. I think he's Australian. Who's the other sort of charismatic patriarch figure in Pirates of the Caribbean who isn't Bill Nye? Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he's Australian. Yeah, I literally get those men confused because they both existed in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. (laughs) Yeah, they look, sound, and act nothing alike. (laughs) Uh, Very, very different energy. Um, Yeah, my, my brain's got a rubbish filing system. Well, yeah, that's my problem. Mm. Um, I saw on Discord that um, uh, this is Matthew, no longer Edmund Dantes, um, speaking. Uh, <laughs> Coward. 
Well, Edmund Dantes would, wouldn't know what Discord is. <laughs> he wasn't in prison that long. And uh, someone pointed out that some ne'er-do-well is selling It's Me Blorco sweatshirts, <gasps> uh, jumpers on Amazon. No! Oh, that made me furious. <laughs> yeah. Someone, and they've, they're called, like, Blorco Inc. or something. <laughs> what chance, Yeah, they've just taken it and... Um, They've just slapped it on a load of jumpers. I think there's a lot of this going on on Amazon. I think any catchphrase under the sun, like it may even just be an automated thing that Amazon does. But I mean, there's two Wait. things. One, like it's not theirs, so that's annoying. Stolen valor. They've got it wrong. They've they've not got the commo, the commo, the comma after it's me. So it, it doesn't say it's me, Blorco. <laughs> It says it's me Blorco, which it's me Blorco. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, Chris Schilling of Edge magazine pointed out on Twitter sounds <laughs> sounds like a sort of northern person being affectionate about their husband or partner. It's me Blorco. <laughs> it's me Blorco. <laughs> I, I think it sounds like a, the B plot in an episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, where like Mr. Krabs has some sort of strange device. <laughs> And SpongeBob's like, "What's that?" And he goes, "It's me, Block. It's me, Blocko." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had. Um, I just want to get this off my chest, really. In in minor annoyance based Twitter stolen valor incidents, like this, it's very minorly ground my gears for a couple of years. Do you remember I did that tweet, which was to the tune of Santa Claus is coming to town? And it was, I quote, he's boiling an egg, he's boiling it twice, he's boiled it again, he's losing his mind, Santa Claus is repeatedly boiling an egg. Like, quite a good tweet, not one of my best. It was one of those annoying ones that goes absolutely massive despite being farted out on on a whim. And I didn't really care that it had gone big, to be honest. But one thing really got to me... And it's a, a guy who I sort of know on Twitter, and he's he's perfectly nice bloke. But he like drew a comic strip based on the tweet, and was like, "Oh, I thought this tweet was so good, I had to do a comic strip of it." And it wasn't how ha- I, I can do a comic strip. I would have done it as a comic strip if it needed to be one. <laughs> and it didn't. But what it did do was get him massive numbers off Ooh. a joke I'd come up with. You know, and I, I, yeah, I, you know, he spent half an hour with a tablet drawing Santa Claus boiling eggs, sure. But I don't know. Like I say, nothing against the guy. He seems a perfectly reasonable man. But I just thought that was, (laughs) you know, oh, Coca-Cola's so good. I thought I'd celebrate it by making this drink called Coca-Cola with the (laughs) the second O in cooler being in one point font. You know, it's like, Like, my favorite thing is your disdain because, you, like, if I'd wanted to draw it, I would have drawn it, mate. Like, I could have. <laughs> you know, all this, it's true. You know, like, the visuals add nothing to that. In fact, mm. like, I'm not saying it's a masterstroke of comedy, it's just the sort of diseased doggerel my mind comes up with all the time. It, it, it's waste, really. But, like, what humor value it does have is in what your own mind chooses to, to conjure <laughs> of a Santa Claus who's lost it and won't stop boiling the same egg. Mm. You know, no, nothing can ever compare to what your mind can do, listener. Did, did, the, comic well, that, cre- did the comic credit you? Oh, yeah. It, 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 well, yeah, but in, 
in a way that ensured that that basically it was going to get the retweets. <laughs> I, it's interesting you, you say that because I, like when I imagine the Santa Claus is really boiling an egg, I didn't imagine it being the same egg that he is boiling repeatedly. I imagine him like boiling repeatedly boiling an egg, as in the plural of sheep is sheep. <laughs> Oh well, that's and he was how just the boiling... cartoonist interpreted it as well. Oh, and no, I'm afraid I am to he... say that's the canonically least funny interpretation of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, burn. Uh, this is this is why it's important to leave ambiguity. Anyway, it's me done, isn't it? How are you, Nate? <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Um, got a bit sick uh, last week, which is why I wasn't here. Did enjoy the whole chat. I've been making uh, more goblin cars, doing another one of my lovely return trips to Hitman 3, or the Hitman trilogy. I've gotten really obsessed with the Columbia level, um, where you can make a hippo eat a man yeah. and tattoo him to death. Man, I just, I really like the the sense of place in that game. It's like the cheapest possible version of taking a holiday to a place is having Ian waddle around it, thinking of ways to kill people. It I just, a, yeah, I a, good, I, man. I had an idea for a Hitman level the, the other day about, like, some maniac who's built, like, a museum all about Agent 47, and so it's full of all these, like... <laughs> dioramas and props from the previous games and you can like recreate all the murders but using these sort of museum sanctioned versions of them that would be cool that would who be is, cool who is this man well i don't know he's some rich you know he's, he's... i don't know they i mean they can come up with the deal i just want the, yeah the... who cares about the, the overarching stuff like that what i'm saying is it's like it's the guy who's pulling the strings it's your dad he's a proud dad I, I want the just the ten thousand dollar fee for the concept, and they can you know write it. I'm an ideas man. I, well, I don't even want any money for it. I just want to make that, and then I could play it. I would enjoy. it. I think that would be good. I mean, there is a in that Columbia level. There is a the guy has like a sort of museum of sorts, but I don't think it's. I can't remember what it's about. Like he owns. There's always sort of exhibits in his house, and you can use some of those on him. But um, yeah, this would be a bit more high concept. Oh yeah, he's got the car, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I say that like I'm remembering something distant rather than just, you know, skimming the very top layer of my hitman-obsessed brain. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, Nate. Are you going to have a museum of Tally's achievements in your home then, as suggested by Matthew, that (laughs) parents should do for children? Yeah, well, we've got... Oh, actually, can I tell you about a scam? Yeah. It's really good. (laughs) That you're running? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a parenting scam, but it's really good. It's, it, you know, it's essentially like uh, chaotic good. So if you are a, a parent of a child between the ages of three and six, you'll probably know there's a real crisis with them drawing things. Well, I say drawing, them making abstract marks on bits of paper and being rightfully incredibly proud of them and wanting them to be displayed prominently and you know this is lovely for the first sort of three or four weeks your child discovers art and then swiftly becomes like you know a medieval library situation (laughs) so 
Ashley came up with a brilliant idea and said that there's goblins who live in our bin and (laughs) there's a portal at the bottom of the bin to the goblin world where they've got an art gallery and in the goblin art world, Tally is like Damien Hirst in the 90s. You know, there is nothing more valuable than a Tally original. And so the goblins are just desperate for it. And if she wants to help them out, all she has to do is leave any drawings she's done on top of the recycling bin, and the goblins will take them overnight and put them up in their gallery. That's quite good, although I do feel you're creating a situation where your daughter may try and climb into a bin. I don't know, she's pretty wise to things. Uh, The other day she was telling me there's a new kid at her nursery called Roman, and I got really excited. Uh, Roman, does he have a gladius? Like, has he conquered Gaul? And she said, no, silly daddy, not Romans like you write that climb out of tellies, just Roman. Then that was me told. So yeah, I think I think she's onto the Bing Goblins. Okay. She's just really into the LARP of it. She's into the law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I only uh, I don't play Bin Goblins, I just like the law. Have you ever seen that film Dogtooth? It's a Greek film about this like maniac dad who basically keeps his kids inside the house. They're now like young adults, but he's like taught them all this like mad stuff and because they've never seen the real world, their sort of version of reality is completely skewed. Like he tells them that the, the like the most violent monster in the universe is this cat, which is why they never leave the house because they occasionally see this cat and all wig out. But he's like taught them like the wrong words for things. And just so they don't know what anything is, or you know, they're, he's just sort of done it as a weird little social experiment. Yeah, um, I was like, why, why is he like for the lols? He's done this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there probably is a reason. I mean, in the thing, he just seems, sounds like a hero. Well, the the funny thing is, the dad is Stath's dad in Stathlet's flat. No, uh, yeah, he's a big okay. famous Greek actor. So, um, yeah, Dogtooth's amazing film, but. There is a version of this uh, whimsical upbringing where it goes wrong, I would say. <laughs> oh, I really want to watch that, though. I, I love that, like, you know, for some people, the magical land you can access through your house is like, you know, a Christian allegory where kids learn to be brave, wise heroes. And in Nate's house, it's a bin full of goblins who love art. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know which I'd prefer, though. I can't. St- how does one... St- uh, okay. Well, I, I, I thought you had a segue then. The confidence of yeah. your voice. I was like, this is going to be a segue. I, no, well, I did. I just wanted to make that point, And then I thought, ah, but goblins are often denizens of dungeons, aren't they? <laughs> oh. And that's what... Yes, no, no, no. So this week we're talking about uh, the best dungeons in games, as opposed to like the best dungeon, like crawlers as a genre. We could do that at some point, I guess. But um, I just wanted to to talk about like dungeons we think are really good. And I suppose we should say we can't technically talk a lot about Zelda (laughs) on this podcast because we're a PC only podcast. And I've never played a a Zelda, so I'd feel lonely and sad. You've never played a Zelda game? I've not even touched the controller while one has been on the screen, my God. friend. Oh, so, sorry, so I much. said that like like so when much. a bully is like... So much of my career has been writing about Zelda. It's mad. I've written the word Zelda pretty more than any other word. That's, that's, that's b- <laughs> I, t- I instantly <laughs> take that back. I've, I've, I've definitely written and more than Zelda. 
<laughs> just because every Zelda game will have like a, a preposition in it as well, isn't it? Like the title. Mm. I can't believe we've never done best dungeons. How have we never done best dungeons? Well, we might have done, but this is part of the effort to catalogue what we've talked about and then not fix. <laughs> so we've got the spreadsheet. <laughs> got the spreadsheet out. <laughs> this is look. This is how Marvel happened. You know, we've we've entered the cultural zeitgeist of uh, endlessly rebooting. Mm. Oh my god, that reminds me. Uh, Hayden, who's one of our guides writers, and I think you'll both find this very funny. He's so nice, and he's he's a big Marvel fan. He loves all the Marvel stuff, and he's great. And he, I, I asked him last week, "Oh, what are you doing for the long weekend?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm going to see the Northmen." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I've just heard it's good, so I'm going to go see it." And I was like, "Oh, have you? So you've not like watched the trailer or anything?" He's like, "Nope." Don't know anything about it, and I was like, "Have you seen seen any any other of Robert Eggers' films? <laughs> seen seen The Lighthouse?" And he's like, "Nope." And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so he's in for a treat. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm interested uh, to see uh, see what he thinks of it because it's not. I'll tell you this, Doctor Strange. It ain't. You know. <laughs> I didn't realize it was the same guy as The Lighthouse. Oh, no. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's um, some big farting action in it. Is there? I yeah. haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, because I had just, just like, I, I, I don't really know anything about the Northmen. I'd sort of seen the posters and thought, oh right, this is like the show with the smirking man who who f- on the telly, or, or maybe. <laughs> You know, oh, that um, could be so many things. Vikings, <laughs> that one, um, or that it would be like, um, yeah, just some sort of meat-headed three hundred type stuff about like men being extremely white. I didn't well, realise it was an interesting, interesting little little I egg. Mean, I, th- I think they, I think they got like a huge budget by kind of going, it's going to be an exciting Viking-led action film, but the final thing is actually quite odd. Um, and there's not a lot of action, and there's quite a lot of strange hallucinations. There's also a bit in it, and and Robert Eggers, the director, would never do this, but there's a scene where someone goes to collect a sword and sort of fights an undead warrior-type character, and it's the closest thing I've seen to, like, a Dark Souls film, where you're like, oh, the movement and the speed and the menace and danger of the thing is actually got... Like huge from soft energy. So, That's interesting. You know, if they ever did want to make a film of a Dark Souls type thing, Robert Eggers is your man. He would add farts to it though, because <laughs> that's like that's like weirdly his trademark. It, it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Does it have um, what's his name? The man who I Photoshop with his head on his own torso, Willem Dafoe. Um, yeah, does it have Willem Dafoe, like, nude, emitting eerie rays of light while hunting a man down? Uh, uh not That really. was my favourite bit of The Lighthouse. He he, he plays like a, an evil jester. Oh, he is in it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's he's playing himself. <laughs> oh, hang on. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so he's playing nice. himself. <laughs> oh. Yes. That's what I like um, to hear. Sorry, we should like, hang on. Come on, are there dungeons in it? Because we've no- <laughs> like I said, well, the bit where he goes to get the sword is like a dungeon. Okay. So like that counts as dungeon chat. Okay, okay, but yeah, it's I not do best say- dungeons in games, admittedly. But yeah, well, we can't, we can't. Let's drag it. I'm going to drag it back. I'm going to grab the wheel on this. Okay, We can't really talk about Zelda, but I do think Zelda games have some of the best dungeons in the business. They're so good. 
I mean, the Deku Tree from from uh, Ocarina of Time is still still an all time great. I reckon you'd like Zelda, Nate. You should get involved. Oh, it just seems the boring adventures of a little green gnome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of true. The but wi- I don't think they're boring. There's loads of weird stuff in there. Yeah, it got some good big weird monsters that I think you'd like. Like the bosses good, weird, are all kind yeah. of giant spiders and snakes and. Isn't there a water place where a big fish tries to do you in? Oh, there's a level inside a fish. You go yeah. into Jabby Jabby's belly. Oh, they, it's called Jabby Jabby. That's silly. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. think what you'd love, the big boss uh, guy in all the games, he's like a man, but he occasionally turns into like a giant uh, like pig demon. Oh, is this Gammondorf or whatever? He <laughs> turns into the moon he's as well. He's called Gammondorf. Gammondorf. <laughs> Oh, he's right. nearly called. He's nearly called Gammon Dwarf. To be fair, which is which is a bit on the nose, given that he is a he is a boar. <laughs> and there's like triangles that everyone cares about, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triforce, yeah. But they're good. They're not like when you look when you describe anything in a sarcastic tone w- without any like adjectives. Everything sounds rubbish. So <laughs> yeah, I love how my entire sort of like shtick as a game's criticism voice is just not to have played almost any commercially successful games <laughs> and yeah. to loudly decry them based on no experience. That's what you want, really, isn't it? Yeah. But Zelda's very good. So that out that aside, I mean, Dark, yeah. Are there any Dark Souls FromSoft dungeons you particularly like, Matthew? So... I, I'm not a, I'm not a big FromSoft guy. Like I've always bounced off their games. Elden Ring is the one which I've made the most progress in so far. Yeah. I'm I'm sort of still playing it on and off. I've massively slowed down. I've only played in that game. You know, it's big open world, but it has these bigger, knottier areas which they refer to as legacy dungeons, which are kind of, um, they're like the main like the main event, I'd say. They're like where the big bosses are. They're where, you know, you have to clear out those to kind of further the story. And I've done a couple of those. And I don't know if, if you've been following the Elden Ring sort of discourse, mm. um, but the second one is uh, famously referred to as Evil Hogwarts. Because <laughs> um, it's like this... It's this sort of swamp area that used to have this sort of school of sorcery and it's all kind of fallen into disrepair and getting into the, the school is really messed up and all the all the wizards there are like mega evil and they wear um they all wear these sort of stone heads, which is quite odd. Um, oh, I've seen them, yeah. Yeah, so they they sort of totter around and um you know, clearing that place out is it's all fun. What 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 kind of clicked with me in Elden Ring and that I've never really appreciated or I've never played enough of their games in the past to kind of get to grips with is the sort of how ornately designed they are. So in this school, there's quite a kind of linear progression through the hallways of the school itself. And, you know, you work your way through it and then you fight a big boss at the end. It's just quite creepy. Um, she's like this lady who floats around, and she but she's kind of shielded by, on the ground underneath her, there are these like 30 kind of withered boys <laughs> who kind of like they're kind of like crawling around on the floor they're pretty harmless in themselves but like one of them is basically conjuring her shield at any time so you have to sort of run around work out which one is is helping her batter him a bit and then she sort of falls down and you can kind of give her a good old whack um so that's that's oh, quite fun. Uh, a floaty evil lady who's protected by a withered yeah, Magician I guess it's boy. Like a headmaster kind of protected. Good. Uh, 
Uh, it's like a headmaster <laughs> protected by the prefects or something. But what I really liked about the school is that towards the end of it, you can kind of get onto the rooftops of like everything you've just been through. And then you realize that actually there's this very convoluted route back across all the roofs and there's almost mm. like a sort of entire second level to it. But in your head, it, it just seems like this sort of linear path you're following. And then it kind of reveals this sort of grander structure. And that's where I was like, oh yeah, this I, I kind of see what a lot of people are shouting about here. Like there's really mad use of like 3D space in this sort of quite ambitious way. And I, th- I think there are other yeah. more complicated dungeons later, but that, that really impressed me. I Yeah, there are like... A bunch of really good dungeons in in the FromSoft games as a whole. I really like in Dark Souls Three. They're called like the Catacombs of someone, Carthus, Catacombs of Kratos. This yeah, big sort of tomb arranged around a huge cavern, sort of, and it's really cool. And it's also f- full of skeletons. And there's <laughs> Nate. Do you know about the skeleton wheel? <laughs> no, no, I do not. It's quite a sort of. I say famous. It's. It's a an enemy that's turned up in a few of the Dark Souls games because it's like a human skeleton and and they're sort of strapped to a bit a wooden wheel with like spikes on it and they'll basically like c- kind of tuck their their body and like arms and legs in and then like self yeet at you around yeah. a- around this wheel. <laughs> I quite like the sound like, of these fellows. Like really fast, yeah. They're very annoying. <laughs> self yeet. Yeah, it's like a like a Beyblade made of <laughs> made of a, a human body. Yeah. I think I've seen compilations of those on YouTube. Actually, I do like enjoy watching. This is interesting. Taxonomy Corner. Can a boss battle be a dungeon? Because I, I really like watching the snake fight in Sekiro. I find it thrilling. Well, like the whole, yeah. And, you know, that is sort of a dungeon. It's a load of, like, rock rooms, isn't it? But sometimes there's a big snake trying to beast you. Yeah. Mm. I mean... I, mm, like... I don't know if well, you're, in like, that case, in the moment, the you're like, I'm in a dungeon. <laughs> 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 like, you've got slightly bigger fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I suppose no. if we're going to get taxonomical, we should acknowledge the fact that, like, you know, really the commonly understood idea of a dungeon in games it's really weird when you think of what a dungeon actually is oh yeah like it's yeah a dungeon in a game isn't necessarily an actual dungeon it's... but i'll tell you what is what <laughs> the donjon in uh, the age of empires 2 expansion lords of the west uh, which is the unique building for the sicilians and it's uh, based on these small square keeps that the Sicilian offshoot of the Norman dynasty built around as, as watchtowers and garrisons in the territory. It's a very interesting thing. It acts like a defensive tower, but it can also garrison and produce sergeants who are mans with swords. That's uh, where the word dungeon comes from, these little Sicilian towers uh, that you can take for a test drive for yourself. Age of Empires 2, Age of Kings, Definitive so Edition, Dawn of the Dukes. The, um... <laughs> What's what's the etymological root of the of dungeon then? I think it was just French lords saying like "Swim is a dungeon." Ah, uh, okay. Die. That's and what that's like, what happened to me, Edmond Dantes. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and then like the lumpen-eyed English peasantry with their like dog language, like "He wants to swim in the dungeon." Oh, the dungeon must be full of skeletons and goblins. Maybe I'll get some XP in there. 
Oh. And that's the story. <laughs> that's how D&D was invented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's some sort of fearsome serpent. Me thinks it's a dragon. It is a socky imbecile. One of my favourite uh, <laughs> etymology fun facts is that's where uh, Lou comes from, is English people misunderstanding French. Really? French wrong. Yeah, because like in the old days, you didn't have a toilet. You would just chuck your like bucket of piss out the window and um in france they would say garde lou like watch out look out look out which means toilet meal yes (laughs) eat your toilet dinner in french (laughs) which means like look out water watch out for the water i'm throwing out the window um and then in england people just go garde lou um oh bless now it's lou there you go Who, who rules the world now eh I'll try to come up with a joke answer for that. There isn't one, really. <laughs> Just gets. <laughs> Hits the badumch. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, he rules well now. Elon Musk. Yeah, very good. Um, a, a dungeon that isn't a dungeon, but is a dungeon in video yeah. game sense. Uh, what about the spooky hotel in Vampire Blood, uh, the Masquerade Bloodlines. Do you know? I was thinking, should I include this? I think because it's, is it a dungeon. I think it serves the role of a dungeon in an RPG in that it's a self-contained building that you go to and have to work your yeah. way through. Um, True. It's just that the twist is they kind of turn it into more of a sort of haunted house, sort of ghost train. There are there are jump scares and spooks. Oh, it's so, so good. It is really oh. good. That's probably the best bit of that game. It's so good. It's it, if you don't for for those who don't know, and I'm assuming that includes Nate. Yeah, there's a in the in Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. One of the quests. It's a main story thing that you have to do, and you have to go to a a hotel that a posh vampire wants to sort of renovate, rebuild, but it's being haunted by a very violent poltergeist. And you have to go through the hotel and get like the, the it's like a MacGuffin that's keeping the ghost there. And you have to get in it. You get in a lift and the lift crashes down into the basement and you go around through the basement and there's all lights flickering on and off and jump scares and things like exploding. You have to go through the kitchen. Then you go up through the attic and stuff. It's really, really good. So creepy. That sounds pretty mega. Yeah. yeah. It's got, you can find all these like newspapers that kind of tell you about the terrible murder that was there and sort of fills in the gaps. And of course, in an act of like karmic rebalancing by having that really good dungeon, it then has the really one of the worst stretches of a video game I've ever played, which is the sewers <laughs> in that game. Oh, yeah. Which is just to- so long and the most generic imaginable sewer you can you can picture it's so annoying and it's just filled with those big sort of flesh lump monsters crawling about it and you have to like either run away a lot or just use up all the shotgun ammo that, oh, and yeah terrible. that was like two episodes of our let's play and i was just I lost the will to live you know you were like i just yeah. do I, are we even gonna finish this let's play it killed all my enthusiasm for that game dead it sounds like it really blows hot and cold is it's just not still finished one of my my favourite ever games, yeah. It, it Like, the first sort of third of it, you can be like, oh, I really see what they were going for and it's so well done and uh, it's really cool. And then you get to, like, Hollywood and you're like, this is just a rubbish shooter now. <laughs> yeah. A really rubbish one. I still recommend it. It's really good. And will we ever see Bloodlines 2? Who knows? I've, I've got a dungeon egg to crack into this omelette. Go on, then. Do you, do you remember the legend of Grimrock? 
Kind of? I've I've not played it, but yeah. It's a good dungeon crawler. It's a very, like, does a lot of things you'd expect with the territory dungeon crawler. Um, But it did, you know, some really clever things with level generation, uh, made by a Finnish team. Yeah, it's good stuff. And the same team made another game, which one of my first reviews for RPS, actually, called, uh, I think, Druid Secrets of the Menhir Forest. Druid Stone. The Secret of the Men Here Forest. Bad name, to be honest. I really liked that game, and what I thought was really good about it is that these people who'd become famous for making big procedural generation, like endless dungeon crawler, Legend of Grimrock, totally changed tack. And the game's got like 25 levels, turn-based, grid-based, RPG. Every level's kind of has a different sort of gimmick. But everything's handcrafted. There's no procedural generation at all. Really? Yeah, and it's really good. And I just really admire that as a development thing. I, there was actually quite a good interview with them. I forget where I read it. Um, I read it at Reading Train Station once. <laughs> um, yeah, they were saying, well, we just wanted to, you know, to, to try the opposite philosophy, really. And, and yeah, every level's absolutely beautiful. And it's like this really finely tuned puzzle, which is ironically enough why I. I didn't get on with it as a game as much because I lose patience with puzzles really easily. But I thought it was exceedingly well designed. And I think if you are into puzzly business, it's a, it's a big recommend. Um, and it's one of these games that makes you really sad because it just sort of disappears without a trace. You know, well, I mean, it just sounds like a million other games that cost like a quid on Steam, doesn't it? And that's a shame because it's lovely. Yeah, just 35 oh. levels. It's a long weekend, basically. I'll check it out. It sounds yeah, really nice. good. Really like it. We've got some long weekends coming up as well, so that's good. <laughs> Just add one, yeah. Just add one. Spoiled from. Uh, quickly before we kind of move on into what I assume is going to be a dungeon cover of a, a dungeon of lies this week. I was alluding to Hades earlier as well, which is a dungeon crawler, but I think the dungeons in it are great. Like they're they're very cool, and it is it's proc gen. But I think the design of them and the the design of like the enemies you get in each section are proper world class and it's proper like environmental storytelling i'm wondering when i'm gonna go back to hades because i got to i'm not gonna spoil it here i got to the point where you think you've done it and you really haven't done it and i thought that Mm. was really clever but also a bit i'll piss off hades (laughs) (laughs) because i put a lot of time into it and yeah i just sort of fell away but i'm I'm beginning to feel the appetite to go back it's just really good i think like the different it's such a good idea and like the different sort of levels of of hell and then the different kinds of ghosts you get in it like the big the big bloated devils who are in the kind of early stage and stuff ironically i was referring to the um bile demons in dungeon keeper oh i think i had dungeon keeper yeah Bloated Devils is just a big vibe, though, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Devil sad. Devil may cry and eat a tub of ice cream as well. (laughs) Matthew, have you got anything to add before we... um... Uh, A very quick shout-out for Durlag's Tower in um, Baldur's Gate Tales uh, Tales of the Sword Coast, which is like the expansion for Baldur's Gate 1, which added this tower, which you sort of go to as a tourist sort of hot spot it's like a tour of this like notorious yeah. tower and then the um like a big sort of demon turns up and sort of kills the tour guide and you get <laughs> warped into like a really nasty i mean it's like is it the hardest quest in the game one of the hardest quests in the game 
uh, super high level party kind of intended for this sort of mega dungeon underneath which is just foot like every room is full of like ghosts and riddles and traps and there's a quite a notorious bit where you have a you have a fight on a chessboard where if your characters don't follow like the rules the movement of chess in terms oh, of which mate. squares they step on they get shot with lightning and they're, you're fighting monsters who are coming from the other side of the chessboard, and if they reach your side, they level up into like even nastier monsters. It's an absolute nightmare, but um, a good dungeon in in terms of like here's just a a load of horrible monsters, traps, and spooky goings on. You know, in some tunnels under a building. <laughs> that Can't sounds beat those like tunnels. A proper nightmare. I, the only just move I remember is the horse he goes L shaped, and that's it. I think I just I ended up just keeping all my party on one side of the chessboard where they start off, and then we just spammed fireboards across the ch- fireballs across the chessboard, which I don't think is allowed in actual chess. But <laughs> I could I could be wrong. <laughs> be good if it was though. I would oh, yeah. watch. That's would the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've got time now to um, head down into the Cavern of Lights, which is this week a Nate Cavern. So, um, do you want to give me a sting, lads? The Cavern of Lies. All right, Nate, just describe the the cavern in which we find ourselves. Well, first, there's a theme tune. That's right. (laughs) It's me, Treyguard, and welcome to Nightmare, the 80s children television show. Oh my god! Shout out to my friend Paul who does Nightmare Live. Oh, Incredible this scene. just got awkward because I'm <laughs> no. making much less effort than him. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I think I'll die. <laughs> Embarrassed, Traegar. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Traegar has withered uh, back into his insisted state uh, oh, to wait no. for the rains to come again. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't have wanted him to humiliate himself. Um, <laughs> It's okay. I'll, I'll I'll host this cavern instead. You it's know, okay. it, your, your trade guard was quite. Um, uh, let's Matt face Berry. it. It was Matt Berry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but it's okay. You know, I had uh, I had VR helmets, primitive ones lined up, and like a Roman with a magnifying glass who you shouldn't look at for too long. But you know, don't worry. Um, you know, I can. I'm sure I can come up with something else. Uh, no. Today we are, I thought, what is a dungeon crawl? I thought instead I would crawl for dungeons. Uh, So I have, I think we did this format once before when I had to prepare the cavern in a hurry because I'd forgotten about it till half an hour before the show. And it's, although this time I prepared days in advance, the format is I have searched for the word dungeons on Steam Uh and then filtered it to everything that costs less than a pound and has negative user reviews. (laughs) Okay, this is, uh, we've done something similar, but I can't remember which one it was for. Yeah, uh, I I think it was... Is it like ghosts or something? Anyway, yeah, okay, I'm yeah, ready. Yeah, so it's it's that. Um, and what's going to happen is these are all like real game names. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. But in some of them, uh, well, in each one, I'm going to give you the name of the game, then describe the title image on Steam, mm-hmm. and then read out some of the copy from the page. Okay. And yeah, your challenge will be to spot the ones where I immediately go off piste after the title. Okay. How many are going to be fake? Uh, half of them. Okay. But 
here's the thing. The longer it takes you to make the call, uh-huh. there's a Roman with a magnifying glass <laughs> and really pale skin. And the longer it takes you to decide whether it's fake or not, the more chance the Roman <laughs> is going to come through your telly and end your game of Nightmare. Okay. Um, I've actually got a stopwatch on my screen, okay. uh, which I'm setting to a random time between 40 and 70 seconds okay. each each round. And, you know, when I get to the point, the Roman's coming and you, you automatically lose. All right? Okay. All right. So this is like a speed cavern. You excited? Okay. I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Hang on. Let me just make sure the stopwatch is working. Uh, get my tabs in order. Yeah, considering I was, this was uh, my second idea, I, I did make it overly complicated, but let's try. Okay, your time starts now. The game is called Massive. The title screen features an enormous roaring head with trumpets for ears, no arms, and a muscular torso fake. with a sort of a light bulb. It's fake. It's real. Oh, right. <laughs> I was going to say real, but okay, yeah. Uh, Matthew's lost... One ring. Uh, <laughs> one, okay. one bit of his face. But the Roman didn't even notice you were there. So that's okay. that's All good right. news. Okay, the next one. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Pangen. And the image is a sort of a brown ghost uh, looking like it's a rip-off of a Minecraft sprite uh, waving its arms sadly as you brandish a wand at it. Fake. Pangen is real. Oh. Okay, the time trial element is uh, it's stressing me know, out. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I actually, do you know what? I'm just going to do the pictures for these because they're all so ludicrous. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, yeah. Are we ready again? Yeah. Okay. Cook dungeon. So in the image is it's your classic sort of eight bit parody pixel art, um, and the image has got. I think it's some sort of defeated goblin. Uh, with a load of, of like cookware and knives uh, and like ingredients placed in the air above it, being held by ghosts, um, and R- it real, it's fake. I thought, oh, come on, you know what? Just, like, he just went cookware and then added goblins. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm I, panicking yeah. you both of the time. <laughs> Feeling <laughs> power is so great. Yeah, and like the. My first instinct with that one was it was fake, and then I okay. So this I'm is the, trust my first instinct. The ever shifting geology of the cavern brings out ever more devious strategies. Right, uh, this one is called Super Meat Shooter, and the image has got sort of two really lumpen, distorted people. One holding a shovel, and the other what looks like a, a bug spray squirter thing for farms. And the, the really glossy and horribly drawn, and at the sides of the screen, there are these two sort of, imagine sexy ladies doing a sort of a sexy kneeling with their back to the camera pose, but they've got devil wings, and their faces are real. geodudes. Uh, yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> their faces are geodudes. <laughs> yeah, seriously, look up Super Meat Shooter. It's... I, it was one of those "Am I having a stroke?" games. How how many lives do we have, by the way? Uh, three lives each. Okay, so I've got one life left. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you tell me when you're dead? Because I haven't been keeping count. Okay, Thanks, Matthew. Chief. Matthew's got two lives left. I have one. Okay. 
Let's hope neither of you die in Golden Dungeons Hardcore Game. Uh, that's that's the name of the game. There's no uh, uh, no punctuation, and the title screen uh, has sort of what I can only describe as a really smug looking skeleton holding a bag of like money. Uh, I assume it's well, it's like gold. Um, it looks a big lumpy bag, and he's like running out of a mine shaft. Yeah, sneering at the camera. This is real. Uh, no. Uh, the title screen for Golden Dungeons is, in fact, just a bleak beige screen with Golden Dungeons Hardcore Game written on it. God bless uh, Steam. This is definitely the future Gabe dreamed of. I am actually going to read you the description on that because it's hilariously short. Golden Dungeons. Oh, that's the Roman coming. No, stop it, Roman. Golden Dungeons is a simple hardcore platform game, the goal to get out of the cave. The game may seem simple, but some levels are so hard, you need a lot of free time to pass it. It'll bring a challenge to your skill, reaction, and adaptability. Sometimes levels will not seem to be possible, but we always have a way out. Nothing superfluous. Enjoy the game. <coughs> there you are, Golden Dungeons, mate. They say, sh- um, say uh, showmanship is dead. <laughs> are you ready for an imp? A fiend! Uh, and the image of this is... Wait, that's the name of the game? Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, An now question on... mark, a fiend, exclamation mark. Yes, perfectly okay. passed. Um, yeah, the image is what someone from My Chemical Romance would look like if they were done on a Super Nintendo, <laughs> uh, running past a big pixelated maroon castle. I think they've got like a devil tail. Um, there's a mushroom. Fake. It's real. I'm dead. You're dead. You're now the Roman. Okay, so I'm coming to kill. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you, approaching Matthew. Living the You're dream. Running for Matthew's life essence. Uh, there's only one more game left. Uh, sorry, okay. two. So you might, you might, you might live. You've how many lives you got left, Matthew? One. One. Oh my god, this is thrilling. Okay, so this game is called. Craft and Dungeon. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't find a title image for this game. All it had is about 18 near identical screenshots of a sort of a very lazy parchment effect menu screen uh, with the classic icons you would expect to find in the most generic fancy game imaginable, like Vial of Red Potion, Leather Bag, Ingot. Oh, this is real. That's ham real. Bone. <laughs> It's real. Yes. Okay, okay. Last one, Matthew. You can do um, this. Just a little treat. Uh, I'm, uh, an extract from the Craft and Dungeon description. Yeah. I just want to read you the features list because it's wild. Meat, animal hide, herb, <laughs> water, salt, bone, stone, metal, wood, craft, potion, food, clothes, bag, stone, ingot, metal, ingot, stone, metal, ingot, refined wood, stone dagger, stone sword, axe, bow, club, hammer, armor, 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 dagger, sword, metal, axe. And it just goes on like that for about eight pages. I think they accidentally put some of the code on the Steam description. (laughs) It's bloody magic. Right. Okay. Um, Oh, my crikey. Sorry, there's three more. Um, Okay, we don't have time for three more, so there's one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it. Um, Let me... Right. Okay, right, last one. Stones of Sorrow. So the image is really disturbing in a really low-key way. It, what, it, 
it says Stones of Sorrow in a very, I think it's like Times New Roman, but the picture is like a photo of a real cave wall with eerie drawings on it, and then like this sort of meat-coloured drawing man sitting on his haunches by a photoshopped fire, oh, and he's got I... a tiny shovel-shaped head. This this sounds very like something you'd make up. I I think it's real because it's so specific and rubbish. But like a meat man. What are all men? <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. We are but meat. Um, we are but meat holes. I'm going to say the Romans' attention. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say real, inspired by Atlas's ghostly proclamation. Phew, the Roman expires. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did it. Uh, no, that's real. It's real. Oh, great. It's real. Oh, yeah. happy day. I'm actually sad this one is in the Steam Failure Dungeon because it sounds really interesting. Genuinely really interesting. It's a procedural beat-em-up, uh, which takes place entirely in historical cave paintings. Mm. Yeah. Like, it looks sick. I mean, it's clearly, like, bad, because you know, it costs 50p and everyone who's played it hates it, but I think it, it sounds like a really noble failure if it is one. Maybe it's really good and it's just been played by about three people who are all assholes. I'm Maybe. actually going to give it a go. Alright. Anyway, well done, back. I'm not dying. Well done, Matthew. It's quick. Get out of there. You live for both of us now. Yeah, you will. Alrighty. Uh, thank you very much for that cavern, Nate. That quick fire cavern that panicked both of us there. Mm, um, very stressful. Very stressful. Uh, all that remains now is uh, recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Matthew, what are you recommending this I'm recommending week? yet another Japanese detective novel. This one's a bit more kind of gumshoey, a bit more kind of Raymond Chandler-ish. Uh, uh-huh. It's called The, the Wrong Goodbye uh, by Toshihiko Yahagi. It's set around uh, Yokohama and a detect a cop kind of involved with this shady pilot who may or may not have been involved in a murder. But why I like it, if you've played Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is also set in uh, Yokohama mainly, uh, mm. you recognise some of the locations from it and it's quite fun. It gives you a sense of the place and you're like, oh, okay, I can use my game knowledge to kind of better visualise this book. So that's that's what I'm enjoying at the moment. Oh, that's fun. Um, My recommendation this week is the Terry Pratchett's um, estate, I guess. Uh, It's just brought out the first of a new series of um, audiobooks of all the books. Uh, They've done the Witches ones, and they've done a couple of the others. They've done uh, Death and Small Gods, I think. And it's the full, um, unabridged audiobooks, and they're really good. They're read by, like, one person for each of the kind of themes. So um, the witches ones are all read by um, Indravarma, but across all of them, death is voiced by Peter Serafinowicz and the footnotes are voiced by Bill Nye, and they're really good, really well done. Yeah, recommend that's them immense. Yeah, I had yeah, no idea about that. That's mega. Really, really cool. I'm listening to the second of the or the third of the witches uh, series right now. Not literally right now, but. Nate, what are you recommending this week? Ah, oh, now see, something really sad happened to me last week. When I get like pretty ill, I tend to watch films. 
and I was sitting watching a film feeling ill, and I suddenly got really happy because, like, oh, I've experienced some culture. I'll have something for the recommendations. <laughs> so, yeah, that's bleak. Um, the film uh, was one of those classic, oh, just a fancy. You ever just in the mood to watch just people beasting each other in prison and, you know, just go on sure. Netflix to see yeah. what there is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, this is. Um, a, a film called Papillon, based on the 70s film of the same name, based on the memoir of a French petty thief who was transported to French Guiana to be worked to death uh, and just basted loads of people in a prison instead. It's uh, I, The 70s version of the film is meant to be better. Uh, maybe it is. I really enjoyed this one. There was loads of basting. And it's Charlie Hunnam. Oh, yeah, him. Who's... Who all, I always like, he always makes me faintly anxious when he's on screen because I spend about 15 minutes like wondering if I've just drastically misremembered what Tom Hardy looks like <laughs> and wondering if he's Tom Hardy. And that lasted for about an hour in this film. So, yeah, he's good. He's got crikey, he's got a torso as well. And you see a lot of it getting basted mostly. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it's got the small man who smiles as well. Oh, I was going to say, who plays his weird little makes in the 70s? It's Dustin Hoffman. Um, is Rami Malek a man? Oh, that's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's his name. Uh, he's, the small he's man excellent. who smiles. He's got such a sweet little smile. It's very enigmatic. <laughs> he does, it's true. <laughs> I find him really adorable. Um, and that, that's not, you know, uh, that, that's not me being a dick because he's, he's, he's like, not tall. Um, he's just genuinely an adorable man. Also gets beasted quite a lot and does some beasting. <laughs> he absolutely shanks like this man who's like Popeye's Satan-worshipping brother. It's so good. I mean, um, but I should add, Papillon isn't like technically an action film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's about like the endurance, like... the human spirit, etc., etc., yeah. but... Well, you should sound like it's Steven Seagal or something. Yeah, he made it sound like Gladiator. <laughs> you see a man's intestines at one point. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you see a man's intestines in Annihilation. And <laughs> it's true. All right. Okay. Thank you very much uh, for joining me, Edwin Dantes and a bloated devil. Thank you. Uh, for this episode 185, the Electronic Wireless Show, the best dungeons in games special, you can look at Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, you can email in uh, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. You can uh, find uh, merch in the store, which I'll link in the show notes, and you can join the Discord if you want to alert Matthew to any Blorco infringement. Uh, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, but for now, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Edmund Dantes. I will have my revenge. <laughs> and it's goodbye from a bloated devil. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. I love you. <laughs>